You know, we've talked about this before, and I think it's important for us to kind of build the foundation of 2022 on this very important theme. And that is the Bible teaches us that when we seek Jesus with all of our heart, he will do even greater things. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 14. And here at Impact, we truly believe that. When we seek Jesus individually and collectively, God does supernaturally and amazing things within our hearts and all throughout our lives. And he wants to do that within your life as well. You know, for our theme, this message series, we're calling it Impact 2022 because we believe God's about to do something extraordinary in the life of our church and the life of our homes as well. Because we believe he's going to be doing greater things in, in this world. But it all starts with our home. It all starts there. You know, I believe that every one of us desires to have a happy home. We all want that. We all want a place where we can go to in the evening and just relax and just be ourselves and just enjoy life. We all desire that. But how is that really accomplished? How can we really find a happy home? Well, right off the bat, I just want to be real with you so that you can know two key parts and two key steps to developing a happy home. And the first is to be present. In order to have a happy home, you can't just be there physically. You have to be there mentally as well. Be there in the moment. You want to have a happy home? Be present in the home. The second thing to have a happy home is there needs to be a level of intentionality. You need to be intentional in order to achieve a happy home. And it all begins by focusing on you. In order for you to achieve a happy home, it starts with ourselves. We'll never be able to find happiness in our home if we don't find happiness within ourselves. But I think this leads us to an even bigger question. A question that we really need to deal with and wrestle with. Something that we kind of talked around uh, over the past several weeks here at Impact as well. And that is, is our happiness God's priority? I mean, when you really think about that in our journey with Jesus, is, is our happiness God's priority? Because within all of us, we have this strong desire to be happy. I mean, we are overwhelmed with this desire just to find happiness in our life and where this desire is so strong that oftentimes we determine our ethics based upon what makes us happy. You know, if something makes me happy, then it must be moral, right? I mean, let's process this just a little bit more before we dig into our message today. You know, should we really determine what is right based upon what feels right. We live in a world where it's become absolutely commonplace to use happiness as our metric of morality. But you know, as a father, as a parent, I would never use this idea or this form of metric in raising my children and guiding them the right steps to take in life. I mean, for example, when they're younger, if they grabbed a fork from the kitchen and ran to an electrical outlet and said, Dad, I want to stick this in there because it seems like it's going to be fun. It's going to make me happy. Guess what? I'm not going to let them do it, even though if they feel like it's going to make me happy. Or let's say they find their, themselves on our roof. And they say, Dad, 
This is going to make me enjoy life at this moment. I want to do a backflip off the roof. Guess what? Probably not going to let them do it. Why? Because even though it may, makes them, may, may make them feel like it's going to make them happy, it's not the best choice. See, so often, moments of happiness have the ability to bring decades of regret. They just do. And we oftentimes don't realize the regret it's going to bring into our life until the choices are made. This world's mantra just seems to be as long as you're happy, then it must make it right. And I've noticed as a pastor so often when people come and talk to me and they're telling me I want to make this choice because this will make me happy, so often they're about to make a choice that's going to lead them down a path of a tragic mistake. A mistake they don't even realize the consequences that's about to come into their life. And so can I just be honest with you? And I th oftentimes I need to be honest with myself too because I struggle with it. But God's number one priority is not our happiness. Your happiness and my happiness is not his number one priority. You know, but here's the crazy thing. On the other hand, if someone says, God must not want me happy, then our, our response in that situation, because usually you're dealing with a, a, a difficult situation, usually our response should be, well, yes, he does. So you need to do something about it. Get up and do something about it. You see, here's the paradox in Christianity. Those who claim that God wants them to be happy are usually wrong. And those who claim that God does not want them to be, to be happy are usually wrong. Confused yet? So who's right? You know, a Christian catchphrase that I'm sure you've heard somewhere along the way is God doesn't want you to be happy. He wants you to be holy. I mean, that sounds great. That's, that's a great catchphrase and a wonderful line. But this, is, this makes an assumption that happiness and holiness are completely opposite. That you can't have both. You have to either choose, well, God, either I'm either going to be happy, or I'm going to be holy. I can't have both. And I don't think that's accurate because I believe that happiness and holy go hand in hand the majority of the time. They are mutually exclusive with each other. In fact, Psalm 37 verse 4 says this, to take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You see, holiness is our pursuit towards Jesus and to become more like him. And the Bible says in that pursuit, the more we pursue him, the more we find happiness. God's desire is for us to be happiness, to find happiness that's ultimately found in him. You see, when we delight in the Lord, when we embrace Jesus fully, the world's this battleground of what will we embrace. But, but the Bible says when you embrace Jesus, there we find the desires of our heart that leads us to the path of true happiness. You see, my friends, obedience to Jesus is what fosters our happiness. I have to be honest with you, this message, a lot of it was developed by a, an excellent devotional book by Mark Moore called Core 52. This is a 15-minute weekly devotional um, that's great for you individually, for your, for your family, whether you're a teenager or an adult or somewhere in between. 
this is a great devotional book that kind of walks you through the core 52 principles of the Bible. So you can have a full understanding of the Bible's message and what it means for you to follow Jesus. And here's the cool thing. As we journey through this and we try to find out what does God desire for me, creation matches up with God's word. And so often when you explore the realities of creation and you see how God designed things, you see his word come into life. And I believe that one of the cool things with this desire and his path towards happiness and following Jesus, science so often even proves the reality of this, of how God hardwired us for happiness. When God developed your brain, for example, your brain is one of the most key elements of your body. When he developed that, he gave you three specific chemicals of happiness. That's oxytocin, dopamine, and serotonin. I mean, not to bore you in science class, but I find this truly fascinating. You know, oxytocin gives you the sense of comfort. It's released when you get a handshake or a hug, and this creates within you that sense of safety and trust. Dopamine gives you a sense of adventure and it's releasing your mind and it's buzzing all around with activity and creative energy and this is, gives you the productivity and desire to travel and, and, and do things in life and then there's serotonin and this gives you a sense of respect and, and it's when someone gives, asks for your opinion or applauds your performance or treats you with respect and I believe God gave you these three chemicals in your brain and they're addictive. And this may sound bad, but God gave you these cravings for a reason. You know why? Because he craves your happiness. His design for you drives you towards it. And the other thing about these chemicals in your brain that he gave you is that they're short-lived. God never created us to stay within a state of happiness. But guess what? That's what the science proves and what the Bible proves. He created us with these brief moments of, of happiness that requires repetition. And as a result, God developed this pattern for us that leads us to long-term long happiness that build positive communities. I mean, can you just see the amazing design that God created us within? He developed us for happiness that's found in him. And he developed us in a way that requires us to develop these long-term habits that just draw us closer and closer and closer to him. Why? Because the delight of the Lord is the path to the desires of our heart. And he hardwired us in our brains, scientifically, and in our bodies to create a pattern of habits that draws us to him where true happiness is found. You see, a significant part of our happiness is developed in the choices we make. So what does this all have to do with the home? You see, this comes down to being intentional with the habits we created for ourselves and for our home that are developed over time, that draws closer and closer to the throne and heart of God. And in the Old Testament, Psalm 1 identifies how we can be present and intentional and walk towards a happy life and ultimately a happy home. 
The chapter opens up in Psalm 1 with the key word, blessed. And when you see the word blessed in the Bible, blessed is just the Bible's fancy term for happy. See, God desires you to have a blessed life. And Psalm 1-1 starts this way. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or, take a, or sit in the company of mockers. You know, if your ambition is to have a blessed life or a happy life, then Psalm 1, I believe, should be your starting point. It starts with carefully considering those that you surround yourself with. And the majority of our happiness is found in the relationships that we have. You see, I believe that the Bible is very specific. The more and more that we build godly relationships in our life and surround ourselves with godly relationships, the more your happiness meter increases. But the more you separate yourself from godly influence in your life and godly relationships in your life, the more you struggle finding happiness. So can I just encourage you right off the bat, choose your relationships wisely. Choose relationships that lead you to Jesus and to healthier choices. Who we surround ourselves with matters. And too often we choose to surround ourselves with people who we know only encourage the choices we want to make, not the healthy choices we should make. And let's start this year off right. Let's surround ourselves with people who encourage us to make the right choices that guide us towards Jesus to find true happiness. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. See, choose your relationships wisely. That's why here in Impact, we talk so often about a growth group. You know, I just want to encourage you to join a growth group. Be a part of that. You know, we have groups starting up here uh, this month, and we have more rooted groups starting up in, in, a, couple, in a few weeks. And I encourage you, as, we, as you hear more and more about these over the next couple of weeks, to find a group that, mates, that matches what you're, what you're trying to find in your life, whether it's the day or time um, or the people or the demographics you're looking for. But join a group. If you're not a part of a group, be a part of a group. The next thing that I think Psalm 1 teaches us is that we need to create space in our brain for God's truth. You know, the key word that you see in Psalm 1 that we'll read in a moment is meditate. And we hear this word used in the Bible and and talk about it. And what this really means is it's just to slow down and give your brain space to actually take in what it just read, what you just read, to think about it. It's not just letting your mind wander wherever. It's taking the time to truly think about what God's word says and process it in your mind that should lead towards action. You you see, I think the biggest struggle is not that we don't have the time to be in God's word and to process God's word and to think about God's word, But I think the problem is that we don't give our brain the time to process God's word. We read it, but then all we do 
is instantly, as soon as we're done reading, it's off to work, it's off to school, it's what's on my phone next, who just texted me, who just emailed me, what's on TV, and we never give our brain space just to process God's word. Can I just encourage you? <clears throat> you have the time. We all do. I mean, Jesus broke away from the crowd. He broke away from the crowd in the busiest of time of his life. Every day. Look what it says in Luke 5, 16. It says, but Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and he prayed. Why? Because he knew he needed to give his brain space to process what the Father was telling him. <clears throat> And that's a lesson for us as well. We need to take time to process what God's trying to say to us, what God's trying to tell us. And we make a huge mistake too often in our spiritual journey and in our home because our, we, <clears throat> we rush our devotions. We rush our time with Jesus. We read it. We hear it. But then we just rush back into life. You know, meditation has been one of the key parts to finding a happy life. So often we don't find a happy life because we don't take time to process what God's telling us. He's saying, I've been telling you this whole time what to do, who to be around, the steps to take, but you only half listen to me and you run back to life. Process his word. You know, neuroscience <clears throat> scientist Caroline Leaf revealed a study that shows how we can rewire our brains. It's fascinating. <clears throat> you know, proteins are what are within our brains that hold our thoughts. And she's found that our thoughts literally take up the real estate in our brains that you can rewire what's found in those proteins and the thoughts we have by meditating the more we meditate on positive thoughts, the more we meditate on God's word, the more happiness is developed in our brains. That's what Psalm 1-2 says. But those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Can I just encourage you? Spend time daily Separate yourself and your thoughts from the world. Not just physically, but mentally. Turn off the TV. Put your phone away. And just separate yourself from the, from the world. And just process God's word. Process his thoughts. Give your brain space to take in God's word. Meditate on his truth. And watch what he brings into your life. For families, can I just encourage you? You should have regular devotional times as a family. You know, I encourage you daily, but if it's not possible daily, as regular as possible. You know, my family, we strive to every day before we end the day, we have devotions together. We try to pray together before we all start running our different directions during the day. And there's some great resources that, we, that there are out there to help you do family devotions. If you have young elementary kids, you can talk to the Impact Kids team about the, um, the devotionals from their curriculum that you can take home. 
and do at home. Or, like I said a moment ago, this message was taken from a chapter in Core 52. I encourage you to find Core 52. That's a great devotional that you can do as a family together. But find something that maybe work. Maybe use you version. Find something that you and your family can just sit down and process God's truth a little bit together and pray together. And make sure you're doing it individually too. Because what you do individually brings strength into the collective group of the family as well. Take time to give God's word an opportunity to process in your brain. And finally, serving others gives us a sense of significance and develops happiness as well. You know, serving together is one of the most great things you can do in your home as a family, but also we can do as individual. You know, as you serve others, you find significance. There's, you find significance. That's why it's so crucial to be a part of a, uh, of a ministry team at here at Impact, to serve others together. You know, as a family, serving together by maybe going and feeding the homeless or, or helping at the food bank or at the World Vision containers or, or something with one of our missions team or just going downtown and doing something for somebody. But find opportunities for you as a family to go move beyond yourself and serve together and watch what God does individually and collectively in your home. Because serving finds significance. Why? Because it draws us closer to God. It moves us beyond the selfishness of me to the reality of God. You know, in Psalm 1, verse 3, it's written, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I think this is a beautiful verse of what happens when we pursue God and what happens when we serve. Because this tree being planted is that service opportunity. I'm starting to move beyond myself. I'm not just taking all the nutrients for me. Now I'm using it to, for the blessings of something else beyond me and I'm planting something. When you serve, you're planting God's seeds of his life in the life of somebody else. And when you do that, the, the Bible says it will yield its fruit. See, my hope and my desire is that I don't just hoard all of God's blessings for myself, that I become spiritually fat, but that I become a person who can pour out the blessings he gave to me onto other people, that I may plant seeds everywhere I go and that those seeds may bear fruit, that other people may find the happiness and joy in the reality of a relationship with Jesus. And this all starts with the habits that we develop, the habits that we become intentional about individually and within our home. You see, we all desire to have a happy home. I think it's a quest we're all on, we're trying to achieve, especially as we move into this new year. But if you truly want to find a happy home, if you truly want to find deep satisfaction within your own heart, you need to be intentional. And it all starts with the habits you develop and the choices you make. 
And can I just encourage you, make this commitment this year. Develop habits that guide you towards God. Be intentional about the relationships you form, who you surround yourselves with. Be intentional with time in your day to find time to break away from the world, to give space in your brain for God's truth to process, to do devotionals as a family, and to find opportunities to serve. Plant those seeds by serving others and watch what God does in your heart, in your life, and in your home. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, you are truly an amazing God. And right now in this moment, we seek you. And Lord, just help us run towards you. Lord, it's so easy in this world when we're pulled in all different types of directions that we're trying to find satisfaction in our heart and happiness in our life and our home. And we think that if this makes me happy, then it should be right. But Lord God, it just leads us down the paths of brokenness. But the more we run towards you, you give us the delight of our hearts. You bring happiness into our life. And Lord God, help us to be intentional. Help us to create right choices, to develop quality habits that drive us towards you. And Lord, just be with every home that's represented by the people watching the service right now. And you may your spirit move and just guide us toward your heart. It's in your name we pray. Amen.